A very pleasant morning to you, Abuja, wherever you're tuning from, you're into your multiple world on a station. Love 104.5 here on the Hills Mbappe in the nation's capital. Today is Friday, 21st October 2022. Welcome to the podium. The podium is our current first flagship program of policy, strategy, and good governance. In case you're just tuning in, my name is Peniel, Peniel Diala. Today, on, on Fridays, I know we look at um, Nigeria in numbers and in figures um, with NI polls. And of course, they are in the studio alongside um, my guest. We'll be looking at um, a summary of the demographic variables for governance snap poll. Um, this was done in September 2022. And um, our focus will be on agriculture and food security. Um, it is no longer a story that um, we've been ravaged by flood. But prior to the flooding, uh, World Health, uh, sorry, World Bank told Nigerians, look, you need to brace up. You need to brace up as far as um, food insecurity is concerned. One, we look at insecurity going on in the country where farmers cannot go to the farm to farm. Uh, so it is um, causing a whole lot of food shortage. And... Uh, First, if you want to extinguish a society, target their food. If there's a shortage in food supply, then there will be problem. Hunger is a weapon. Most people are, you know, during war, they used to deal with people. And now we're looking at Nigeria as a country, a country that is well-blessed, natural resources we have good land to farm unfortunately um this is where we are at the moment some states over 15 states being submerged right now um, by the flood uh, meaning that farmers cannot go to farm and what does that portend for us all of this we'll be looking at today on the podium and i have um judge good morning to you from annual good morning Peniel. I also have Dr. Austin Maduka. He's the National President, Community Allied Farmers Association of Nigeria, Komafas. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, good to have you in the studio this morning. Thank you. Uh, before I come to you, uh, George, George, let's um, look at um, some of um, the statistics we have here. Well, thank you very much. So, this is uh, a governance snap poll that was conducted by NOI polls this uh, September. It looks at, um, uh, it paints a picture, just like the words suggest, a snap of governance and how the uh, citizens perceive governance and its goings on in the country. Uh, if more than a thousand people took part in this survey and most of them, a majority, were self-employed uh, people or traders, they constituted 39%, that's 39 in 100 of them, and 19% uh, of them, that's 19 in 100, were uh, government workers or civil servants, professional workers accounted for 10%, artisans and uh, female and farmer or agricultural workers each accounted for 7%, and 5% uh, were unemployed youths or adults. 5% were businessmen or women, and 2% uh, were students. The people who took part in this survey came mostly, 24% uh, of them were from the Northwest, 20% of them were from the Southwest. Now, the 
essence of a SNAP poll is to is to gauge the approval rating of the government over the past one month. And that was the question that was asked of respondents. Do you approve or disapprove the performance of the government over the past one month? That was the question. Interestingly, 17% across the country approved of the performance of the government over the past one month. And uh, by contrast, 64% disapproved. Another 90% neither approved nor disapproved. They were indifferent. Of course, uh, generally among those who disapproved, 34% uh, were male and 29% were female. Now, looking at the geopolitical zones uh, with respect to where these answers came from, 59% of those who disapproved were from the North Central. 87% were from the Southeast and, uh, sorry, in the North Central, 59% uh, disapproved. In the Southeast, 87% disapproved, leaving um, only 13% who approved of the performance of the government. In the South-South, 81% disapproved of the performance of the government over the past one month. And in the Southwest, 80% disapproved. So we went further to break up uh, this disapproval, the proportion of those who disapproved by age group. 65% were aged 18 to 35, 63% were aged 36 to 60, and 65% are those who are aged over 61 and above. Now, going back to the question, the SNAP poll was to assess the performance of the government across different sectors. There is a power, there is infrastructure, there is agriculture and food security, which will be the focus of today's discussion on the podium. And there is healthcare, in, there is environment and climate change, there is conflict resolution, security, education, poverty alleviation, job creation, economy and corruption. The question that was asked of respondents was how would you rate the performance of the government in the past one month in those areas, those areas of social services that I just listed out. Uh, the, the scale of rating were uh, five points, was a five point scale of rating. The, uh, you had those who said um, from excellent to good to average to bad and very bad. Now. Those who said good and excellent were grouped as one and an average was taken. We find out that in rating the performance of the government in the past one month in, uh, in terms of social services, 19% only said the government had done well in, term, in, uh, in power. 13% said the government had done well in infrastructure. Interestingly, for agriculture and food security, which is the focus of today's discussion, only 12% of the respondents, that's 12 in 100 Nigerians said the government had done well. Meaning, uh, on a scale of um, looking at the base of 100, 88% inevitably saying the government hasn't done well in agriculture and food security, Peniel. Interesting. Well, doctor, let me come to you. They say that um, food, when you talk about the basic necessity of man, first you talk about food, you have water, then you have shelter. And here we're looking at agriculture and food security. Nigeria, 
with these polls that 12% of Nigerians on this angle now, the rate is about 12% for us as a country. What does it portend for us? Well, it portends a, a lot. Um, <clears throat> um, as you said earlier, food is the basic necessity of man. And uh, that's the first business, God the creator of man, eventually into first. And um, the discovery of oil, you know, the discovery of oil in the early 50s, 60s, and the dependence of Nigerians, you know, in oil, took us back what you know globally nigeria happens to be one of the highest producers of agricultural commodities in the world in the 70s and our gdp was based on on commodities granules palm oil cocoa, cocoa and what have you but um immediately we discovered the oil the oil boom came and everybody left the farm urbanization took over and most of the people who are those those that are in the villages then that are into agriculture, they said they to relocate to the cities and then abandon the farm. And over the years, because of some assault of government policies, many agricultural interventions was um, designed by different governments from Operation Feed the Nation, Green Revolution, and the rest of them. But because they've not been a holistic approach. Or government sincerity in, in driving all these programs over the years has put us to this in this very mess. And recently, with the recent issue of security, insecurity in the land, most of the agricultural communities in Nigeria has been overtaken by hoodlums, um, uh, headers, uh, bandits, and what have you. Like places in Zamfara now, in some communities, you can't be near the farms. And that has been a major challenge. In some part of the eastern part of Nigeria, you can't be near the farms. Uh, these days now, some of the farmers have to pay ransom for them to even assess what they have cultivated. Not even selling now. To just go and harvest, you have to pay some ransom. And it's a major, major challenge. As I was driving to the studio, I was just thinking, imagine, a lot of things in my mind. I have a project that I'm doing in Nasarawa. My staffs were to go and make some payments. And along the line, with the phone they have on their telephone, in a vehicle that was taking the convenience to the farm, one chance guys picked them up and collected everything from them. That fear is still in them. That fear of what happened to them, the experience of what they encountered in the hand of those hoodlums have scared them. Even now that I know that I, most times I send them to the farm, it's just because they respect me. And because they are on salary, that will make them to go to the farm, not because they want to really go to the farm. No, I'm not talking of an investor who has brought his fund to invest in agriculture. A lot of people want to invest in agriculture in Nigeria. But the fear of the, the enabling environment that is not there has killed a lot of people, you know. If you go to other developed countries like Malaysia that came here and took our palm nuts, today they are doing well. They don't depend on crude any longer. They don't, they don't even have this crude the way we have them here in Nigeria. God God was so merciful and God loved this country very well that we have everything that you can think of at the beginning of creation in the Garden of Eden deposited in this country called Nigeria. I, 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 I was doubting if Nigeria was not the Garden of Eden 
that maybe because of the sin of Adam and Eve, God decided to ch change the location to another, another, another nation. Because everything you can think of in the Garden of Eden is deposited in Nigeria. Uh, so now that um, we've established this fact, but we are in crisis right now. Uh, at some months back, the Minister of um, Agriculture said that we have more than enough and um, the issue of banditry and the likes um, has nothing to do with the shortage of food. It won't affect, you know, production of food and then availability of food in the market. When we have all of this statement, uh, but then the reality on ground is staring right in the face, right in our face. Uh, where does it put us? Is it that there's no there's no meeting place between government and the people for them to know that the people they are leading are going through this crisis. I don't want to join forces. I don't want to join issues with the Honorable Minister. Uh, he, he, he's an authority of his own, but sincerely speaking, as of today, a bag of local produce rice in Nigeria is about thirty-five thousand naira as of today, and we have not entered December. A mojo of rice is depending one thousand two. There's one thousand, and, and some some bags is between thirty five to thirty six mudu. Mm. So if you're buying at one one thousand per mudu, that's about thirty six thousand. You're buying at one one two. One one two now. So you you can now put the figures together by yourself. So as of today, a bag of local rice, not foreign rice, locally produced rice in Nigeria, is above thirty thousand. So if there's enough, as the minister has claimed. So why will a bag of rice in year 2014, December, we were still buying a bag of rice at 8,500 naira? That's for foreign rice. For foreign rice, not locally produced rice. Then nobody, how many people eat local rice? They said those who want to do to go massa and what have you that buy local rice. But today, you, uh, you don't even see the local rice, not to even talk of the foreign. Now, um, the time came the government shut down the, the borders and a lot of investment was done in rice production but at the end of the day we didn't see the effect of that closure of the of the borders well a lot of people went into farm some people were 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 you know were encouraged to go into mass production of rice and other commodities but the truth of the matter is up to today the enabling environment is not there now we have silos across the country. In developed nations, those silos are supposed to be used or put in place by the government for the usage of commodity uh, um, um, organizations or investors where they preserve these foods for a longer time. So in, in, in scarcity, you can as well take from what you have in your reserve and, you know, to mitigate what um, the people are facing us of that particular time, but if the minister claims there is uh, there is there is, uh, there is availability and an excess in the country, I think the minister should visit the local markets. Maybe in in the comfort of his office, he has been briefed by his aides that things are well, and that is the problem we are having in this country. Uh, that most of our leaders don't really go to the field themselves to get first-hand information of the reality on ground. They, they rely more on their heads than relying on, on the facts of the reality on ground. And that is the challenge of Mr. President. People will tell him that Nigerians are okay. Our former minister, 
said that with 30 naira you can eat food in, in, in Kano. Kahim, as a minister, eat food of 30 naira and be satisfied. And 30, 30, 30 naira feed a, a family or a, a child. Today, a pack of Indomie, a pack of Indomie goes between 200. I was I was shocked. My, my family was not around and my wife was not there to give me breakfast. So I decided to step out of my house to look for an aboiki to get bread and tea. To my great surprise, I came with just 700 naira. I think with that I can get bread and egg from Anabuki. But when I finished frying the egg and bread, he said, oh, guys, 1,000. I said, how comes? 1,000? Just bread and egg. 1,000 naira. So tell me, a common Nigerian, a laborer, who earns 2,000 naira or 1,500 as daily pay and her family of two or three, how can they sustain themselves when me alone have eaten only bread and egg for 1,000 naira. But before now, you know, this is a season of New Year. Usually, uh, you could get five tubers for two five. Before now, you can get five tubers for two five, at most 3,000 naira. And then you know, can have five tubers of yam. Uh, you could get potatoes that does be in basket some will sell for 500 some sell for 700 that was before now but when you go to the market um, even the new yam that people don't like is very very expensive now and um what could be the issue is it that farmers don't want to go to the farm it's still the same soil we have our soil has not changed uh, we've not had any of any natural disaster that you say maybe landslide all of that that affected the soil but in this case we're having the cost of you know purchasing the purchasing cost is on the high side right now people cannot purchase it no like i said the land is still the land nothing has changed the major challenge is insecurity now some of these states that are uh young base states like uh, states like Benue, Taraba, Niger, most of these farmers for now hardly grow or cultivate yams because of the fear of the unknown. Uh, some of these communities have been taken over by bandits. They hardly go back. They can't go to the farms again for the fear. And then two, um, there's no policy of uh, improving the seedlings for these farmers. We've been dealing with our local seedlings or you know of um, what we have cultivated the leftover is the seeds we use so the government as a matter of urgent importance needs to develop more varieties of seedlings you know to give to these farmers and when these seedlings are uh, are produced um, the farmers are few now because of the fear and not that the land has changed uh, the challenges we have is that um, we no longer do shifting cultivation. So the production, the output, uh, usually we used to have a lot of outputs from our farms. But this is because there's no shifting cultivation. One portion of land can be used for 20, 30 years without shifting, you know. So the, the soils have lost a lot of nutrients and the outputs, you know, that will be affected. So, and then the cost the cost of production is high in Nigeria to compare with any country in the world. Now today, uh, because of the war in Ukraine, 
which is the one of the highest producers of, of uh, potassium. We can't get potassium to produce fertilizer. And now if you are buying a bag of fertilizer, for instance, for 36,000 Naira, and you need about 7, 10 bags to do a, a hectare of farm, and somebody in Ghana is buying his own below 11,000, and you are still going to meet at the same international market, you know you cannot compete with such kind of farmers. But, but we have, uh, on our own, we have alternatives, right? Where you have cow dungs, animal dungs that you can used to substitute for this potassium and um, science have proven that these organic fertilizers we use are more effective than the other ones that um, we're purchasing can't we naturally you know they say necessity is the mother of invention so there's a necessity here now ukraine is in the middle of war with russia and our own site we have something that can actually substitute for the other. For the farmers, can they diversify? Can't we have uh, a system where farmers have their own production factory, where they make some of those things? They've made money over the years. They've garnered experience over the years. They've, you know, gathered a lot of knowledge. All of those knowledge that they have gathered, where is... Um, Where's the result of it? One, let me let me ask you this question. Here in Love FM, you run this place not on national grid. You are on Gen Set now. If I if I if if I'm right, an average farmer or a pro, a producer who wants to mill an organic fertilizer needs power to run his plants. Where is the power? Now, a liter of gas is between 900 to 1,000 naira per liter. And you need to be in business. And two, where is the raw, where is the raw material? The, uh, you know, when the government was talking about of, of, of um, grazing reserve, ranch, and the rest of them, in other developed nations, these cows and animals are kept in one place. You can get this waste, collect them together. But our own is not like that. We, have, we don't have a system where you collect these things together. Even the poultry that we are talking about, you know, from the poultry farmers, how many of these people gather these things together? And these things need to also be processed, not using them raw the way they are. They need to also be processed, you know, before it can, you know, give us exactly what we are looking for. Because we are competing with global market, not only Nigerian market. Because, um, what we are doing in Nigeria is not only for our consumption. We also need to, you know, you know, create a, an environment where our, our farmers can also export their produce, not only for our local consumptions. So we must meet international standard in whatever we are, we are doing. You remember sometimes our beans was banned from the European market because of the preservation of our beans. Some some persons use sniper, some use a tapia and the rest of them. To, to, to preserve our foods. One, the the agencies that have this mandate are not really doing well. I'm not saying they're not working, but a lot of things have not been really working in Nigeria as a nation. And those are the challenges we're having as a people. And these things must be corrected. You know, when you take a barber and make him the chairman of carpenters, you know if there's going to be a problem. Because when he may he may have idea of how to sit on a chair, how to design a cushion, but you don't have the know-how of furniture making, so there most there will be a lot of problems. So the problem is that Nigerians are not putting the peg in the right hole. 
So these challenges are the challenges that governments, most especially us, the civil societies and private individuals, should come up, you know, and sit together and talk to ourselves as a nation. Where do we want to go? Where are we heading to? What is our problem? I remember in the early 70s, if you go to Edo, the old Bende state, they have a, they have a farm settlement established by Ambrose Ali. Those places are still there, but they are moribund. If you go to Kaduna, there's one created by, uh, by Balari Bangusa. It's still there. If you go to Anambara, the one of, uh, you go to the south, the uh, old eastern region, there was one created by Ma Michael Obara. The Baram settlement, the Oye Palm, and the rest of them. Those things are still there. But they have been abandoned over the years. If you go to... Uh, you know, now, I know growing up, I went to the village and I noticed they had places where people go to mill oil. Yes. Right? Oil mill. Yes. Where they go there. Everybody gathers their palm front and they all do it there and all of it. But let's look at beyond government now because farming is business. Yes. And if you're going into it, you must be determined whether government support or no government support. This is my life. I must make a living out of it. You are a farmer, yes. right? Yes. Uh, for farmers, what effort are they making, you know, to see to it that they improve their own profession? Uh, you know, we've seen telecommunication come out to do their own, you know, different, you know, professions are doing this. But for the farmers, what effort are they making to see that um, farming becomes viable? Like you said, there's a mass migration from the rural area to the urban centers now and you don't farm in urban places you rather farm at the rural you know communities, communities. <coughs> now this movement what are farmers doing to make their own profession viable that people can go to university and say look i want to study agriculture i want to study this i want to agriculture is wide it's very wide so what efforts are farmers putting to see to it that their profession is viable. Now, uh, agriculture is a business. No doubt about it. But the government needs to also invest, even in in the business of the smallholder farmers. One, in other nations of the world, government subsidize agricultural activities for smallholder farmers. Now, in the whole of this country, I don't think we have up to a thousand tractors. You can't find tractor hiring units anywhere in Nigeria that is being owned by government. And if we want to industrialize the agricultural sector, then we must talk about mechanization. So you can't mechanize, uh, you can't mechanize without having tractors to help you mechanize your farms. The farmers we have in the rural communities are peasant farmers, smallholder farmers who use cutlass and hose. And they have been the ones sustaining this nation all this while. Now, some of these people, fear of the unknown has driven them out of their farm farmland. The government, as a matter of responsibility, need to, you know, create, like I just talked about, farm settlements in Bariam, uh, in, um, um, in, uh, in Edo, in old, old Bende State, in Nebadon. They have thousands of hectares there that farmers can, government can reopen those places and ask interested farmers to go back to those locations, assure them of the safety of their lives and properties. You know, we have agri-grangers, even before the coming of 
the agri rangers of Nigerian Civil Service Defense Corps, we have used to have agri rangers those days. They have extension workers trained by World Bank under ADP. These guys are experts. They will guide you on crop management. They will guide you on climate. They will guide you on spacing and what have you. Those are what the government needs to do. And if the government is sincere in their responsibilities, the Nigerian farmers, Nigerian people, an average Nigerian is ready to key into whatever program is designed for the betterment of him and his immediate family. So the challenge remains still with the government. Government need to open up more farms. Now, for a farmer to do a hectare of farm, a virgin land now, you need about an average of 300,000 to rent a bulldozer to help you clear a farm. So how many farmers can afford 300,000 just to do land clearing, not land preparation? Land clearing, just to clear the land. You know, you understand what I'm talking about? But, but I'm saying, yes, I understand government need to do more. But for the farmers, at least to the level you've grown, you should have an association that says we have this number of tractors, we have this number of bulldozers, we have this number of these, we have this number of these. That even you, it's another means of business, but now at a subsidized rate for your fellow farmers. Uh, haven't the farmers association grown to that level of owning some of these equipment that they know is uh, that they know they need for their farming? Um, activity. Well, yeah, um, you, 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 you are, you, you are saying the right thing, but um, it is not as easy as you think because uh, these smallholder farmers, uh, most times when you ask them to pay fee, it's it's like you know cutting their flesh. So and then these associations cannot be able to run effectively without funds. Like, uh, let you me talk. Have partners. Let, let, let me talk from the Nigerian Cassava Growers Association, okay. where I am the national PRO. Um, on that Jonathan administration, we were able to 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 have an intervention under the Cassava and Cassava Bread Initiative Program, and um, the government of Jonathan gave us loan, which a component of it was was grant. And then we also assess fund from the Bank of Agriculture. Then we also assess fund from CBN under the AB, uh, ABP. And these programs then helped the association to, on its own, uh, you know, uh, purchase some of this equipment we are talking about. We have bulldozers, but we have few of them, and that cannot go across the whole country. We have trailers, we have soil tilling machines, we have utility vehicles, we have um, some uh, manual um, gadgets like um, GPS to, to measure the farms for farmers to be sure that if a farmer claims you have one hectare, uh, when we are investing, we are, we are sure that it's one hectare that we are investing. But how many associations have access to these opportunities? That, you know, we have over eight, eight commodity associations as of today. Over eight, eight commodity associations. But how many of them are viable? You understand? How many of them can compete globally with other associations? Some, some farmers farmer association from Cote d'Ivoire came into Nigeria some times ago to meet with us. And we were discussing. And they told us that in their country, they dictate who becomes the Minister of Agriculture. 
as a pharmacist the source, years. let me hold you there we need to go pay some bills when we come back we'll pick it up from there thank you stay tuned the budget don't go nowhere it's quite an interesting one that um, farmers decide who becomes the minister of um, agriculture Welcome back. It's still the podium, our current first flagship program on policy, strategy, and good governance. Uh, we're looking at um, agriculture and food security today. My guest has been Dr. Austin Maduka, National President, Committee Allied Farmers Association of Nigeria, Comafas, and I'm Jude from Anuipos. Good to have you, gentlemen. Back. Thank you for having us. Uh, before we went on that break, uh, you talked about Cote d'Ivoire. Now, two questions I will ask you on that. Do you think the time is ripe for farmers to decide who becomes the Minister of Agriculture? That's one. Also, talking about farming, I know that World Bank, usually there's an intervention fund they disburse to, you know, countries as far as farming is concerned in order to enhance food productivity in those in different countries. For Nigeria, don't we get some of these funds? If yes, how come we're not seeing you know tangible results from these funds first one is do you think nigeria has come of age that when it comes to minister of agriculture farmers should decide who becomes in the, their own minister nigeria, nigeria have even grown above minister the nigerian farmers have what it takes to detect or decide who becomes the president of nigeria because well, let's start with farmers everybody first. Let's start, with, let's start with the Minister of Agriculture Everybody first. in Nigeria mm. is a farmer, including you. I, I agree. Everybody in Nigeria. I agree with you. Every, every voter, average voter in, in Nigeria is a farmer. You are a farmer by implication because, one, you consume food. We have farmers who are consumers. We have farmers who are producers. That's true. We have those who are processors. We have marketers. If you don't produce, you consume. If you don't consume, you process. If you don't process you market or export. So every Nigerian, an average Nigerian is a farmer. And I remember those days, even at the back of our houses, we have gardens that we don't buy most of these things. Now, we have associations that are the apex body of this of this young these smaller associations or these national associations. We have the Federation of Agricultural Commodity Associations of Nigeria, FACAN, which is the the umbrella body of all farmers association that are into primary production, processing, marketing, and exports. We have all farmers association of Nigeria, which is the appearance body of all primary producers of agricultural community in Nigeria. These two arms, these two major bodies uh, are the one who leads these farmers associations. And um, it is right time, it's time for them to sit up the leadership of FACAN and the leadership of AFAN should sit up and then uh, take the lead because that is what these associations other in other countries have done in the past by taking the lead and dictating and deciding who leads the agricultural ministry because um you can't bob my hair where i am not around if you know, if i want to bob i must be, be in the barbing salon for the barber to bob me so most times, some of the government policies that are for the benefit of the farmers are decided with the, without the inclusions of some of these organizations. So you only hear them on televisions, on radio, on newspapers, that social billions have released for these, these interventions. 
so so billion have released for these you know, interventions. At the end of the day, it may not get down to the right people who are the benefactors of these programs. So, and that has been the major problem. We need to begin to work, most especially the leadership of these agricultural commodity associations, to see that um, Nigerian farmers, you know, takes the lead when it comes to who administer the affairs of farmers as, as far as agriculture ministry is concerned, water resources, and other sectors that have to do with agricultural activities in Nigeria. Okay, now for World Bank, I know they give out intervention funds. They dole it out, maybe yearly basis or quarterly. Uh, for Nigeria, are we not beneficiaries of that? Well, under the World Bank interventions, I, a lot has been done using the FADAMA. FADAMA 1, FADAMA 2, FADAMA 3, FADAMA Additional Plus, and uh, I think there's another FADAMA ongoing now. A lot of persons have benefited by way of uh, access to training, by way of access to fund, but whereas I am I'm aware in FCT, I, I know that um, the old Ungwam mother by Abacha Barracks, I, I know that um, World Bank, through their intervention, developed a farm. But today, that place is, uh, is an estate. So you, you can now see that that is already a failed That's project. That's Fire Estate. Yeah, now it's, it's now, it has been taken over by developers. And then the farmers have been chased out of that place. Then they used to have a large number of farmers, you know, those that are into animal husbandry, piggery, um, sheep and goat, those that are into fishery, those that are into, into crop production. A lot of farmers were in that area before, and that place was uh, built by World Bank. They had they sunk a borehole, they have overhead tank, they have generator that was given to them by World Bank. But today that place has been taken over by, by estate developers. So is that a case of saying that government fights against some of these interventions? Now, if um, a place of that nature was developed by World Bank, knowing fully well that there was an investment there, even before taking over such um, uh, environment, taking over such properties, the farmers should have been contacted or a new place will have been given to them for them to continue that same kind of business they were doing there. Knowing fully well that they were under an intervention and it was a youth and women employment program that the World Bank funded. And now most of these people have lost confidence. They can't go back again and World Bank will not come back again because what they do is World Bank give you fund for a period of time and allow you to grow. Okay. You understand? Yeah. And they have other interventions. If you go to some places, sometimes too, sometimes we are also the cause of our problems. Because of our drug uh, um, nature, uh, I don't care attitude of our people. Uh, since it's not their property, maybe there's a borehole, maybe the something got spoiled, just the sumo. Since it's not their property, they will abandon the place. And then before you know it, once they harvest their fish, they will leave the place because they have no stake because they're not stakeholders. So most times, the program, the problems are not only uh, from the government end, it's also the problem of us all, us too, the Nigerian people, the smallholder farmers. When we don't have good coordinators, when we don't have um, value, we don't value what we have because it is not our property. Sometimes these things, once they are, they are destroyed, the financiers will not be able to continue because the one they've done there's no Result. results. Now, now let's look at before I let you go. 
the times we're in right now, every year we experience flooding. Uh, for us now, it seems like it's a yearly disaster for us. How do you think we can mitigate this? Because it's affecting our food production. We don't even have the little we have. Flood is washing it away. As it stands right now, Kogi is impossible. Biosa states, and these are some states that are into agriculture. How do we mitigate it? Now, um, flood is a natural disaster. We know, and um, nobody creates flood, but it can um, it can be reduced. Um, um, government must, uh, as a matter of uh, uh, necessity, you know, think of what to do. When each year the the Ladov Dam is opened, um, this usually happens, and the volume of the water are supposed to be channeled somewhere. More dams should be created, should be should be constructed, so that some of this water should be channeled to these dams. We should have a storage of water. You know, the government know what to do. Dredging of most of these, uh, some of the rivers can be drenched, so that when we have our flow, some of these things can be opened and the water goes into the rivers instead of you know. You know, attacking communities like now, uh, Kogi, as you rightly said, is it's not it's not possible now. I was coming from the east uh, last month, and I was trapped in Kogi because I can't cross. In some part of Anambra State now, Anam and the rest of them, where we have um, um, farm farmers who grow more of the yams and cassava, we we, we eat in Anambra. What have washed away? This part of uh, those those part of uh, lands, and you know the share boundary with Kogi, uh, you understand. Mm. Uh, so and um, the, the river Benue and the river Niger are uh, also in these two states. In Bahasa, Bahasa is seventy five percent of water and uh, about twenty five percent of land. Uh, last 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 three months or thereabout, I was in Bahasa because we followed a program for cassava cultivation in Bahasa. But we got to that place. There was no stand of cassava because water have washed away everything. And it's an investment. CBN gave money for this for that intervention, and water have washed away. So the government need to sit up the minister of uh, minister of agriculture and rural development need to sit up because the rural development it is their responsibility to uh, to partner with the water resources ministry to see how more dams and more water. Um, reservoirs should be constructed so that this issue of um, overflow of water can be mitigated. One well, would be wondering, is Ministry of Water Resources even functioning? Well, I wouldn't know because Someone I... Ask. Because <laughs> if they are, um, these are some, when you have flood, you have enough excess water, uh, there are some communities that don't have, even have water. Have water. Where is the place of irrigation? Can they irrigate this channel, this water, to some of these canals where they can, you know, carry out irrigation? Maybe. So that that is the synergy that. Create artificial lakes. Uh, so those, those, you see, those are, those are the things the government is not doing right because there's no synergy. If you look at these things very well, there's no synergy between most of these ministries and departments and agencies of government. Uh, they don't work hand in hand. Because if the Water Resources Ministry and uh, the Ministry of Agriculture and the rural, the rural Development is working hand in hand, they should be able to come up with a solution, you know, to see how 
the both parties. But what they do mostly is looking at superiority, uh, you know, and they begin to have conflicts of interest, and that has bring us to, to this level where we are today. Because if we have water reservoirs constructed by water resources, and when this overflow, they open up these waters, and the water goes to the reservoir, and then from there go into canals, and then go to some communities where there is no water. These waters can be treated, and it can also be used for other purposes. But because we in Nigeria, uh, we don't value what God has given to us. <laughs> it's okay. Well, this is where we draw the curtain today on the show. Thank you very much, George, for being part of the show today. Thank you. And um, Dr. Austin Maduka, thank you for your time today. The pleasure is mine for having And Abuja, well, this is the size of it for today. God bless you. God bless Nigeria. And long live the Federal Republic of Nigeria. It's weekend. So give yourself a good treat and um, be good. Stay out of trouble. My name is Peniel. Peniel Diala.